Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough... Think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. Sunday, it is back, the fifth hour with Ben Maller, hanging out four hours, clearly not enough every night on the overnight. This is the eighth day of the week, the Sunday podcast, and we'll come right back Sunday night into Monday on the radio. On the radio, we'll have a new show talking about all the playoff games today, but this is a mailbag podcast, and yet again, not joined by David Gascon. Gagon could not be bothered to do the podcast this week. So please tell a friend, tell a friend. We need a lot of downloads here to annoy Gascon. He'll be very upset if the person filling in for him, Kevin, uh, who's who's running alongside me here, Kevin O'Connell, if we have as many or more downloads as we normally have, that will be a great blow to the ego of uh, Gascon. But we do thank you for supporting the podcast. This is a mailbag podcast. So... You know what that means? Let's get right to the questions. We actually have some good questions, so we need to get into it, as we say. And I, but before we get into it, though, just I want, I want to thank Bruce Jacobs. If you didn't hear the Friday podcast, if you're a historian, if you not a Laker historian, but if you're a historian of uh, Fox Sports Radio, Bruce Jacobs is one of the greats. I love this guy. He's one of my favorite people in radio. I love his style, bombastic, opinionated, passionate, all that. He does a local show in Phoenix these days, morning drive guy in Phoenix. And Bruce spent a good chunk of time with us on the Friday podcast, catching up, telling some old stories about radio. There's an Eddie Garcia story in there. And so if you want to hear what that's all about, the changing of the radio business, we talked about that, which we've both witnessed in our lives. Uh, So that's available. And then uh, yesterday, just some some witty Q&A back and forth with pop quiz. And we also had Kevin on the hot seat, learning about Kevin, who's in this week for a guest gone. But time now for the mailbag. These are actual 
questions sent in by actual listeners like yourself. Most of them have been submitted to the Facebook page, Ben Maller Show, or the real fifth hour at gmail.com. That's real fifth hour at gmail.com. Spell fifth, F I F T H. Uh, real fifth hour at gmail.com. So the first question comes from Bill in Charleston, South Carolina. He says, Ben, could you please explain why west of the 405 is important? Is east of the 405 also a uh, a phrase that you use? And uh, how are the how are they distinct and different? The militia must know. All right, well, he says uh, he's listening in, in Charleston. Well, I, I I wrote back to you, Bill. I hope you got it. But my my niece actually goes to college in Charleston, South Carolina, and she loves it. She loves it. She's from New York. She grew up in Manhattan, but she can't. She loves uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So that's a a feather in your cap. Uh, as far as west of the 405. All right. So here's the deal. This is really more of a local Southern California thing. But there's there's a point of demarcation where the generally speaking, the snobbiest, elitist people in the Southern California area live in the west of the 405 corridor. Uh, and that's where the beach cities are. That's uh, that, that's where the uh, a lot of the uh, you know, like Malibu and that type of crowd. That's where they hang out. Uh, you know, west of the 405, and so that is why we use the term. The people east of the 405, generally more hardworking people, blue collar people. They don't take themselves as seriously as the people west of the 405, who are generally a holes. Not all, but generally speaking. Uh, so that's why we use the term west of the 405 and plus it's gascon in a nutshell he is west of the 405 he's an a-hole so there you go all right travis writes in from parts unknown he says if you're ever allowed back in studio to do the radio show will you go or has the temporary setup become too comfortable it seemed to be a mess when with the chemistry on the show and all that at first but honestly you're all back in top form with the current situation well thank you travis uh number one appreciate that i get my five thank yous in so i appreciate that uh number two uh i have a feeling that we will do a hybrid where i will i don't think it'll ever go back to the way it was where i'm in the studio five nights a week i don't think we'll get to that point i envision a world where i do some of it from my home studio where I, I, I broadcast from, and then, you know, maybe a couple days a week, I'll do it from the studio, uh, d- depending on what happens with some other stuff. So I, I think that's going to be the way that it goes. But I, will it be completely one way or completely the other? No. I like going to the radio station. I, I remember when this pandemic started and I got the call from from Scott Shapiro, our boss, and he's like, hey, we need you to do the show from home. Everyone's going to be working remotely and now, part of me was excited, but part of me was like, I, I, I remember telling him, I was like, you know, I, I'd rather go to the radio station. I like going to the radio station and being part of that and all that stuff. And But I've gotten used to not doing it. And like anything in life, uh, whether you, you start a new diet, it, it takes, on average, it is 66 days. Right? It takes a little bit over two months, and then a new behavior, a new activity becomes normal. It becomes automatic. Uh, that's on average. I mean, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. But on average, it's about a little more than two months and whatever it is. Like, you you move to a new new area. Um, you go to a new school. You go, you start a new job. It takes about two months and then 
you're used to it and it becomes just you know second nature and all that stuff. So yeah, I get back to going to the studio and get used to it. But I, 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 like I said, Travis, I think it's going to be a, a some kind of split situation. All right, Chris writes in from Parts Unknown. He says, Ben, how many hours uh, a day of prep go into the the show? Uh, he says, you're able to talk for hours. It astounds me. All right, well, that's very kind of you to say, Chris. It is a talk show. If I'm not able to talk for hours, I probably should not be doing it. Uh, but it's a lot. You, you don't want to know how the hot dogs are made. I, I, don't, I don't think you need to know how the hot dogs are made and all that, but there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it's, you know, it's my job. It's my career. And so if I, uh, you know, if I, if I want to keep doing it, you got to put the work in. At least I have to put the work in. There are plenty of people that just show up, you know, two minutes before the show and just you know, and didn't prepare. And generally, those people are exposed and they don't last that long, right? But you're you're never supposed to see how they make uh, the hot dogs. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an all day thing. I'm always trying to find interesting things, uh, you know, that that I care about. I don't want to do stuff I don't really care about. And some days I might find a couple stories that I I'm really passionate about. But then I got to do four hours and I don't like to repeat stuff. This is all inside baseball, but you know, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm always uh, always searching for the next good story, right? Where's the, where's a good story that that's good radio, like locker room drama, palace intrigue, guy saying something crazy, uh, all that stuff. Uh, Chris also says, when are you going to put in a good word for Ostrich Ant? Now, Ostrich Ant is on Twitter. He's from the Washington D.C. area. Uh, he says, I would love to see his art. In the L.A. Times. Uh, well, Chris, listen, Ostrogan is very talented. He's very kind. He writes these little cartoon drawings, usually once a week, about the show. And I enjoy them. And I use them on Facebook. And uh, and I, But I, I don't know anyone at the L.A. Times. I can, I can get him a job. But, yeah, he's, he's got a talent. He's very good. I can't draw like that. I can't draw little cartoons like that. He's good. Uh, Kevin in Kansas writes in on the the mailbag. He says, Ben, I heard you tell the story this summer of how you discovered on one of your long walks a laundry cart. Can you please give us a status update on how that has worked out? Yeah, sure. I can do that, Kevin. So, yeah, during the, the summertime, I just got a treadmill recently, but... The only exercise I could get for a while, for pretty much all of 20... I just got it... Like right before my dad passed, but I, uh, so in my dad passed earlier this year. So, uh, but I was walking, 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 walking. And, uh, you know, I was trying to like notice my, you know, be present, right? Walking around. I had some, some audio I was listening to. My headphones were in, but I was looking around, observing. I didn't want to get hit by a car. So I found this deserted laundry cart and I kept, you know, it was early in my walk. I kept walking and then I made a deal with myself. I said, all right. When I get home, I'm going to get in the car, and if that laundry cart is still there, I'm taking it because it's just trash. It was in a pile of trash. So I got home. I told the story on the podcast. I, I then went back. It was there. You know, so I put it in my car, and to answer your question, Kevin, it's, it's worked out well, but now instead of the laundry being on the floor, it's just in the laundry cart. You know what I mean? Like the dirty laundry is just in the laundry cart. So it's, it's made it look a little more aesthetically pleasing at the Maller Mansion, but it's just like the dirty laundry, instead of being on the floor, is just in the in the carts. Uh, there is that. Uh, Alex writes in from Parts Unknown. 
and asked the question. He says, hey, Ben, who would win in an arm wrestling match between you and David Gascon and why? All right. Now, rather than me answer this question, I think Kevin should answer this question. Kevin, you've met Gascon. You know who I am. Who do you think would win an arm wrestling match? And this is being recorded for posterity's sake. Um, You know, I think Gascon is all looks. He may look the part, but I think you have that grown man strength, Ben. That's right. I have the old man strength. Yes, I think right. you were. Yeah, you're, you know. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I Gascon, Gascon's all about the vanity Right, you didn't. You see him; he's all oh, he's groomed and all that stuff. And uh, but it's those guys. Usually, the 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 what's the phrase? The dog that barks the loudest doesn't bite. Yes, the barking dog doesn't bite. Something like that. Yeah, whoever barks the loudest doesn't. Have, uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. I don't know exactly. Yeah. but it sounds we're right. Clo- yeah. We're close. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Uh, good answer. You can stay on the podcast. Uh, Jason in Rocky Mountain, Virginia writes, and he says, Ben, you said in last week's podcast that you remember going to a Tigers-Angels game with your dad and a cigarette came flying down and hit you in the leg. When I was a kid, my dad took me to those two teams when they were when we were on vacation in California. It was a Saturday night, I believe, in 1990. Jim Abbott pitched for the Angels. Cecil Fielder hit over 50 dingers for the Tigers that year in his return from Japan. Also, Chili Davis hit two home runs in that game. Could it be possible we were at the same game as kids? All right, so first of all, I don't think it was that game. I might have been at that game. I went to a lot of Angels games in those days, so I might have been at that game, but that was not the day that the, the cigarette came flying down or the... It might have been a cigar that burned my leg when I was a kid because I still remember the Tigers had several players who were on the 84 Tigers, the great Tiger team that played the Padres in the World Series, and so I remember... like. Chet Lemon and a few other players. And that was like a big deal when you're a kid. You know, you remember the team winning a World Series and then they still got players that were part of the World Series. It was like bigger than life. So I remember that. But, Jason, it it would be serendipity if we were at, I think that's the right term, serendipity, right? If we were at the same game at the same time. And I love, the, I love hearing the name Chili Davis because one of my favorite moments when I was a radio reporter in the mid-90s, I was a young guy just getting my feet settled in the radio business. And the Angels, I think it was 1995. So I'm, I'm still a young guy. And the Angels had this big lead. They had like an 11-game lead in the American League West. It was in August, getting late in the baseball season. And they completely took a ride on the Vomit Comet. They sucked. And they blew the lead to the Seattle Mariners. And it was a stunning collapse. And I had to interview those idiots as they were losing every game. And they had a player by the name of Tony Phillips, who was their best player. And really the only guy that was still hitting when everyone else stopped hitting. The entire team could not hit. They couldn't punch their way out of a paper bag. And as the the great line Lasorda had, the late Tommy Lasorda, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. The Angels were so bad then. Anyway, so... I had interviewed Tony Phillips, this guy, and Tony, uh, let's just say he was not the most uh, corrigible person. He did not uh, get along with the media very much and didn't like me, and they were losing, and he was in a bad mood. And one time he wanted to fight me, and I, like, froze. I didn't know. I was much bigger than 
Tony Phillips. I could have kicked his ass, but he he was a prof, you know, obviously a professional athlete, and uh, so I like froze. I, I, I had stage fright. I didn't know what to do, and then Chili Davis came to my rescue, got in between me and Tony Phillips, and uh, and made sure that peace prevailed. So anyway, that that's a longer story than you asked for, Jason. But that's the interaction with the great Chili Davis, who is a hitting coach. I think for the Mets, he's been a hitting coach for a couple of different teams now. I think he's with the Mets. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Mark writes in from Concord, New Hampshire. He says, hey, Ben, does Roberto serve the crew food during cooking with Roberto? Well, Mark, he has done that, all right? I mean, he has done that, but not during the pandemic. When we were all together, now Eddie and Coop are still going in. I'm obviously on remote from the remote studio. Um, but yeah, he would make, you know, he'd make some of the food. Usually like the next week he'd make it. Sometimes he'd make it the, before and bring it in and yeah, had some delicious food. Now some of that stuff, like the menudo I wouldn't eat and some of the stuff Roberto makes I want to want to barf, but... A lot of it's very good. And the stuff I've eaten has been delicious. A Barry from Nashville via email writes in. He says, I know you do Benny versus the Penny. Well, we haven't done that. That's on hiatus because uh, of my personal uh, life situation. But anyway, uh, Barry says, on a typical NFL Sunday, how many games and how much per game would you actually bet if it were legal in your state, of course? Well... Barry, a couple things. You, you know, never reveal how much you bet. It's not a lot, though. I'm not a, I'm not a, a whale. I'm, I, you, I was the size of a whale for a while, but I'm not a whale gambler that bets a ton of money. And the thing about it, I can lose 100 bucks and be just as upset as if I lost 1000 bucks. So that's the special skill that I have. But to answer your question, how many games I would bet on a given Sunday, 
it really depended on how I liked the card. Like I do Benny versus the Penny, and typically there's two or three games that I really like, and everything else I don't have as strong an opinion about. So they say that you're really only supposed to bet on the games you got a good opinion on, good knowledge of, but usually the number is three. You want to bet an odd number. You don't want to bet an even number because then if you win two and lose two, obviously you've lost money on the juice. So you even want to bet one, three, or five. Somewhere, usually I'm in the three category. There have been weeks where I've, it's only one game. Sometimes I've gone weeks where there's no games. So I don't like anything. Usually that's week 17 of the regular season where I just don't want to bet because I don't know who's motivated, who's not motivated, who's going to play, who's not going to play, that kind of stuff. So I usually avoid those situations at all ca- all costs. All right, uh, next up, Matt from Mansfield, Texas writes in. He says, Ben, you bring up money line odds all the time. How are the uh, relative percentages you mentioned calculated? Asking for a nerd, Matt says. Well, that's, that's a decent question, Matt. Uh, a... I have a computer like mine, and I use Maller math skills to do it, unless none of that is true. No. Uh, I, I, have a, uh, I have an odds calculator I use as a gambler that tells me the perceived odds based on a bet. Like so, And this is something that I, I did years ago. Actually, I think it was R.J. Bell that, that tipped me off to this. And so I, it's something when I make a bet, I'm like, all right, what is the gambling? I always like to know what the gambling market says about something. Like, what does the gambling market say the odds of this happening are going to be? I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to look at a, a line and say, okay, so the Chiefs are favored by this, and this is the money line. What does that mean? Like, what percentage chance do the Chiefs have to win? Uh, so I, 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 that's, that's just been some of my Michigas. And so I have that. Now, I've done that enough where certain – Certain money line numbers I know just because they come up a lot, you know, like plus two thousand or minus two thousand. I know, I know what those are, but that's that's generally speaking how that works. Again, how how we make the hot dogs, but that's the beauty of the fifth hour podcast. You can ask those kind of questions, right? And you can you figure it out and all that stuff and. Uh, you can mock and criticize and all that stuff. All right, Kentucky Tay and Kentucky Jay write in. This is from Kentucky Tay, our friends from Scottsville, Kentucky, their lovely daughter there as well. He, uh, she says, I honestly uh, don't have any interesting, witty questions uh, for the show. Okay. Uh, however, Kentucky Tay says, I wanted to ask uh, how you're holding up. Uh, I'm hanging in there, Kentucky Tay. Thank you. Uh, she says, uh, sorry for your loss. Uh, Jay and I, she says, both lost our fathers at a young age. And from experience, it is not something you completely recover from. Uh, but looking back at good memories, she says she loves looking back at good memories. Uh, my favorite times, Kentucky Tay says, uh, with my dad, is us cooking breakfast together on Saturday mornings. What is your favorite memory of you and your dad. Well, I talked on some of that last week, Kentucky Tay, but I, I have a lot of memories. And, you know, growing up, I, I was a mama's boy, and I, I really got a lot closer with my dad as my, you know, my mom got sick, and then, you know, the last about 10 years or so came really close with my dad. But when we were kids, you go to baseball games or football games, and, 
you know, just just family dinners. You know, you know lost both my mom and dad now, but I, I remember uh, very, you know, especially in the times we're in now, where my mom was a Democrat, liberal, my dad, conservative, Republican, and they would duke it out at the dinner table and they'd go back and forth about whatever the big stories of the day were. And then when it was over, they'd hug it out. And that's, that's how I learned. And I, I liked it. I think you should be able to fight about different stuff, but then at the end, it's just, it's, it's meaningless. It's politics. Who cares? You know, it's like all this stuff. Um, what's the old, it's a, I forget how you say it, but it's an expression in, in, in French uh, where, you know, once you're gone, it all ends. So, it, you know, it's a, you know, you know, who cares? Uh, you know, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, but, you know, th- those kind of things. Uh, Pierre from Springfield, Massachusetts, the home of the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, writes and He says, Ben, number one, do you think that Theo Epstein is laying the groundwork to eventually be Uncle Rob's replacement? Yeah. Uh, well, he's a, a, a cunning individual. There's something going on. He's scheming Theo Epstein. There's a couple different theories. A, the theory is that he's just using that because he's got his eye on a certain job that he wants to take over as a GM. And so he's just hanging out, getting a check, even though he's got a ton of money, Theo Epstein. Uh, But he's just hanging out at the commissioner's office. But eventually he wants a GM job with Team X. But he's waiting for that to open up. So he's just laying low like a snake in the grass at Major League Baseball. The other theory, which you referenced here, is the possibility, as you you know this, Pierre, as a friend of Alf the Alien Opiner, uh, that uh, there could be a hostile takeover. That Rob Manford is not that popular with the big shots who run these baseball teams, and Theo Epstein is. And so, yeah, there's certainly, it's not that big a stretch to imagine that this is all a facade and that Theo is going to eventually replace Rob Manfred as the commissioner. That still blows me away, because when I worked in San Diego at the Mighty 690, and I would occasionally go to Padre games, and I'd sit in the press box at Jack Murphy Stadium... I recall the Padres had an intern by the name of Theo Epstein. He was an intern. He got the press notes out for the the hack writers and radio nerds in the press box. And then I I just I remember hearing the name and he was an intern. You know, I don't spend a lot of time with the interns. And then like bam, a couple years later he got the Red Sox job. I'm like, what the hell? Like it was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Uh, another question from Pierre. He says, Ben, if you were given the opportunity to vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame, would you blank a ballot? And then he, he sent a screenshot here of this scribe who sent in an entirely blank ballot. He says, it seems more like a gag on move to me. Yeah, Pierre, I, I would not. I would not do that. Although I understand the logic behind it. I mean, the, and the argument is a compelling one that there doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer every year. Right? That the, the standard to get in the Hall of Fame, uh, it should have been the 1%, the, the creme de la creme. And it's not like that anymore. The Hall of Fame is a, it's like, a, the way I would describe it, it's like an amusement park. 
when times are normal. And so it's like, well, no, you don't have to be an, uh, only elitist and all that stuff. But it's it's now where they have to have a certain number of people in the Hall of Fame because it's a, they've got a business to run. Right? They they want to they want to become rich and make money and prosper and all that stuff. And so to do that, you have to have a new class in the Hall of Fame every year, and you have to have a certain number of people. Otherwise, who's going to go to the Hall of Fame? You know, it's uninteresting. People would be unmotivated. It takes a lot of work to plan a trip when times are normal and all that. So, so yeah, I mean, Deion Sanders did a rant about that a couple of years ago, about how there should only be a you know, certain percentage of players should get in, and that's it. And I agree with him. And baseball had always been that sport where he had been like that. And then... Harold Baines got in the Hall of Fame or Bill Mazeroski because of one home run and it changed. There you go. Uh, Chris writes in from Maricopa, Iowa. He says, life is short. What life goal or place to visit is at the top of your list right now? So you're talking about like a bucket list. Uh, you know, I don't really have a, a bucket list. Uh, my wife would like to travel a lot. I have a feeling that we'll be doing that. In the future, I just want to you know live a good life, hang out with people uh, you know I love and I like, and, and friends and all that, and enjoy as much of it. I love my job, which is cool, so I like doing that. And uh, you know, I would like to travel. It's been a while. Uh, everyone, you know, with with the pandemic and all that, haven't been able to do stuff. And I, I really like traveling around America. I like to to check out some of the historic sites uh, around the United States, the national parks, some of the Civil War monument areas like the ones that haven't been torn down yet uh, i'm just I'm a big fan of american history so i'd like to, to check some of that out I'd like to go through canada uh that'd be nice maybe a trip to the bahamas uh there's a lot of places i'd like to get to new zealand uh, i've been on the radio there in new zealand uh, for, for years in fact i just went back on this week on friday i returned uh, i was off the 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 station I worked for in New Zealand went out of business during the pandemic. So now I'm on a news talk station as a weekly correspondent. So that's a lot of fun. I'd like to, to talk to, well, I talk to them every week. I'd like to meet the people I've talked to for years. Uh, that would be pretty cool. So uh, that's all. That's all there. Carlos in Houston writes, and we're doing the mailbag. Carlos in Houston writes, and he says, you had close to a month off. Did you eat that steak that the gas can gave you? No, I did not, Carlos. Did not eat the steak. Still in the freezer. You want it? I can send it to you. Then he says, what's the origin story of Tammy in Montana? Uh, Yeah, Carlos, as far as Tammy in Montana, I don't know if there's any amazing story. Tammy has been a loyal minion. She has been a P1 fan of the show. And she's just, you know, she called in back, I don't know how many years ago, but she's been with the show for a long time. She's a bona fide certified P1, and she's been very supportive. She does a lot of stuff that nobody knows about, very kind things that that I know a little bit about that she does not promote. Um, but she's very concerned. We, we have a very eclectic group of people that call the show. And you know, quite frankly, some of the people that call the show are down on their luck, and they're living in shelters, and they're living in in, in bad situations, and they've got medical issues and it's just kind of gravitate to the show because the overnight and and we're there we we have a rule and you know, take the, the Maller militia oath and all that and the motto that 
you know, everyone is welcome in, every man, woman, and child, and it doesn't matter your politics or your, whether you're gay or straight or anything like that, whether you're, you're bright or you're stupid or you've got medical problems. We, you just, we just bust each other's balls. And so anyway, the point of that is uh, Tammy has been, been very cool at reaching out, uh, like hollering James, for example. She, she, she's really good at tracking, tracking these people down. Like, I don't know if she's a private investigator or not, but she's able to take a little bit of information, just like little clues that certain people mention on the radio, and then like be able to get a hold of them and help them out if they need some extra help. So, uh, so that's my... My nutshell reference of the great Tammy in Montana. The other thing about Tammy, she's sneaky mean. Sneaky mean. Like I think it was the the octagon between Tammy and Montana. I think the one I remember is the one with Jeannie and Medford. If I recall correctly, it all runs together. Uh, but but I recall that specifically because it was it was an octagon and we didn't expect Tammy. You know, Tammy had been a very sweet woman, very nice woman, not really feisty at all. So we just expected her to roll over and play dead, get in the fetal position and not put up any kind of a fight. And she came out throwing these amazing haymakers, right? Just amazing haymakers. Uh, and it was it was awesome. She didn't have any kind of fatigue. She didn't get exhausted there. She was prepared. She had done her homework. And she came in there like Donkey Kong, just crushing everything in the octagon. And it was it was pretty neat. So, anyway. All right. Uh, next up on the mailbag, uh, Vahid, I believe I'm saying that correctly, in the bayou in New Orleans. Saints country, he points out. Uh, says, Mr. Maller, question. What is the biggest handyman job each of you did or are planning on doing? Uh, okay, so I love the YouTube, and I, I do a lot of cooking stuff off the YouTube. But as far as like handyman stuff, I, I'm not good at it. I have tried some things off YouTube, and it doesn't quite work for me. But I've I've painted and I've done a few small repairs. I remember there was a door, you know, those bathroom, what do you call them? The, the kind of sliding doors that uh, pocket doors. One of those got stuck and locked, and I couldn't get it open. It was locked from the inside. I was in the outside, and I went on a YouTube video on how to hack into that, and I was able to do that with. I got the device I needed. So, but that's does that really count as a handyman job? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. All right, uh, but he does say, Vahid says, uh, after a year of questioning myself, I did two bigger rooms. It worked perfect. There you go. Whatever it might be, yes, you can do it. Uh, and then for some reason, he loves the show, but he says, uh, Mr. Maller, do you bring that slap dick in instead of Gascon? I don't know what slap dick you're talking about. Is he calling you a slap dick, Kevin? I don't think he knows who you are. I think he must be, he must be referencing somebody else. Uh, I, yeah, I assume so. I assume so. That's a good term, though, slap dick. You ever use that term? I have plenty of times with my friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's a term you can say on the radio. That's what right? I was. Yeah, so that's what I was wondering. As soon as you said it, I was like, "Ooh, can you say that?" And yeah, I mean, well, obviously, a, you would know more than me. So, well, it's a podcast. You can say it on a podcast. But yes, yeah, uh, the terms I've used it on the radio, and Eddie got all like upset. I can't believe you said slap dick. But it's actually, you know, the origins of the term. You know what the meaning of it? Uh, I do not know. 
Let me hear it. It is, it is actually an old Texas football term. Like really? a, a coach ripping his players would be like, ah, oh, you're a slap dick. You're a bunch of slap dicks. You know, uh, like you're not, you're like, you're not focused. So what's great about that is I'm really glad that's the origin behind it because I coached high school for six years and I would use that term all the time to the players, but I had no idea that's where it stemmed from. There you go. Look at that. That's it's awesome. A, you, what high school did you coach at? Your Belinda. Oh, cool. Yeah, your Belinda High School. No. What's the ma- what's the mascot of your Belinda? It's a Mustang. The Mustang. Your Belinda Mustangs. And what did you freshman, sophomore, varsity? Like, what did you? do? I started my first what four or five years uh, mainly JV, and then would you know obviously help varsity, and yeah. then my last couple of years I was a, a assistant varsity defense coordinator. I would do D line and linebackers. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we were good. We won CIF in 2016 too. It was fun. And why'd you stop doing it? Because it didn't pay anything. <laughs> ah, yeah. And I didn't, yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really want to be a teacher. I was actually a sub for a year, tried to test those waters. And I loved coaching, but I didn't want to be a teacher. Uh, that's interesting. There was a guy, one of our old interns in the 90s was this guy named Tom. Tom, the intern, he's like a board op guy. And he loved coaching high school football like you. He was, he was working at the radio station coaching football. And then he decided to fully go into coaching and he became the head coach at the University of Texas. He was just let go a couple weeks ago. Tom Herman. Tom what? Herman was a, yeah. Tom Herman worked at a radio station I worked at in the '90s, and he was like a board op intern guy. And then he decided he loved coaching, and he just dedicated his life to it. And he moved all over the place, to different cities, and all that. Yeah, he was going to like Cal Lutheran. Wow. Out here, and uh, yeah, then he ended up ended up uh, moving around. He was out in the uh, Cal Lutheran's in the Thousand Oaks, out in the uh, yeah far yeah. end. Place. I had no idea that Tom. Yeah. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, I was real. I was really pulling for him. Fortunately, it didn't go his way there at Texas. He uh, he already got he got uh, sent the sent the uh, the walking papers. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty good though. Just to get to that job, he made a ton of money too. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the top notch programs. Obviously, wow. He he good made he made more money in one year than I've probably made my entire career in radio. <laughs> and then what was his bio? Probably twenty million or something. Um, like oh yeah yeah that's the other yeah he's yeah he's getting paid for several more. Yeah. Several more years for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and take yeah. off. We'll give you all this money. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he he did a little. He's like a, he worked a little bit in television, kind of like an intern. But he was also uh, behind the scenes intern guy, uh, producer at Extra Sports eleven fifty, the LA version of the of the station back in the day. So and he'll and he'll get like a bunch of coaching. Yeah, that guy be in coaching the rest of his life. Like, I don't, he's not he's not that old a guy. I think he's. I guess he's getting older. He's in his mid forties, but he'll coach like another twenty years if he wants. Oh yeah, absolutely, an assistant somewhere. Yeah, if not, you know, if not when, a head coaching somewhere else at some point. Yeah, you know, when you get in that racket, it's the good old boys network. You just keep getting gigs. You know, it's oh, one yeah. gig list another. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen. Look at Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, he was, I know from getting yeah. fired for being an alcoholic to now being speaking of Texas, right? And yeah, that's right. He's yeah. the guy that replaced Herman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right. uh, Mark in Ottawa writes in, uh, he says, uh, hey, Ben, uh, what is your favorite part of the chicken eat? Is it the wing, the thigh, the breast, the leg, and cooked which way? Well, I'm a breast man. Uh, that's a drop. Uh, I would say anything fried. I like the chicken strips are my favorite meal. So fried chicken is amazing. But I've eaten more grilled chicken recently, but I prefer fried. RJ in San Antonio. Long time P1 of the Maller Show says, uh, let's see here. Go-to flavor of chicken strips besides Raising Cane's. So I don't know if you mean flavor or what. I mean, if you said flavor, I think you mean other chicken strips I'll eat other than Raising Cane's. That's how I'm interpreting the question. I think that's what you implied. So I would say Popeye's chicken strips, pretty good. I've heard amazing things. There's this place, it's a Midwestern chain called Culver's. I've never been there, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The gold standard, the magnum opus, right? The, the, the tour de force of the chicken strip was this place called Dulce in Burbank, right across the street from Warner Brothers. And when I worked, I worked at a radio station across the street. We used to go there when I was a you know, single guy. Nobody would date me. I would go there five nights a week at happy hour and eat chicken strips, and it was awesome. But that place closed. And then I would also say, the, uh, I think they're called chicken crispers at Chili's. Pretty good. You ever had those? You a chicken strip guy? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've had those ones though. But you have you haven't had the Chili's chicken crispers? I don't know. Not, Pretty I, good. Yeah, I don't think so. I do like chili, so you know maybe you if I can ever go there again, I'll definitely get them. Yeah, you should get them. They're they're solid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but raising canes is the that's yeah. where it's at. Yeah, you that's can't really beat at. that. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the top. Ali in the Valley of the Sun. Writes in. He says he is COVID negative. He had the COVID like you, Kevin Lee, did in Phoenix, and he's hey. over it now. Hey, hey, welcome, Lee. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Yes. There you go. It's Glad a club. Eventually, you. eventually, we'll all be in, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yes. Lee in the Valley of the Sun says, did you have a toy collection or some other collection when you were growing up, and what is it, or what is it right now? Uh, yeah, Lee, I collected baseball cards, and I did that a lot when I was a kid. And by the way, I'm I'm letting go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of the baseball card. So if anybody wants my, you know, I want to make a couple of bucks if I can off it. So if anybody knows how I can sell the cards and make some money without having to go to a card show because all those have been canceled. Uh, but yeah, I have a fair amount. 
from what I was, I was doing some research, and it seems like the ones that are worth the most money are actually the basketball cards, which is very odd. Because I was looked at as the biggest heathen, and like I, I was like I was an ogre because I collected basketball cards, and everyone was into like baseball cards, and I liked the basketball cards. And it was like, what are you doing? Why are you collecting the basketball cards? Nobody cares about basketball cards. And it was like, but now, because nobody cared about them, they're actually worth a decent amount of money, which is, which is interesting to me. But yeah, I got to get rid of a lot of that stuff. My, my dad collected stamps because his dad collected stamps. And he collected some coins, but and I haven't really gone through all that. There's a lot of stuff that I, I'm still... That's why I've been able to do Benny versus the Penny, so I'm still going through through a lot of that stuff. Uh, Patricia in Vegas. Now, she's she's a P1. She's listened for more than 15 years. In fact, I, Patricia, you were back in, in the Northeast, right? You were in the Boston area, I believe, I think, uh, when you started listening to the show. She's referencing this picture, which is on the Facebook page, more of a visual thing than an audio thing. Ostrich Ant sent this in. She says, why is the cow in the picture wearing your PJs? All right. Uh, well, let me answer that, Patricia. Uh, listen, you never question art, right? It's like that Andy. I love Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol quotes. I use those a lot. He's had a lot of good lines. He passed away a long time ago at a young age. But Andy Warhol, as he pointed out, anything and everything can be art. So even a cow laying down wearing pajamas, art. Uh, and then also one of Andy Warhol's lines is that art is never finished, it's it's only abandoned. So Ostrich Ant probably got busy and he didn't write it the way you wanted and all that. Why, why don't you contact him? He's on Twitter. He's a good dude. He's a big stud writer there, an artist in Washington, D.C. All right, last one on the mailbag. Glenn from Carmichael. Boy, that's a beautiful place on God's green earth. He says, Ben, do you support Barry Bonds entering the Baseball Hall of Fame? Well, that's a very sporty question to end, Glenn, but I will, I will take the bait. I will answer the question. First of all, for a long time, I did not. I died on the mountain that Bonds and all those steroid guys should not be in the Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. But then I had an epiphany. Right? I had a come-to-Jesus moment with the Hall of Fame. And... The issue is this. When I was covering baseball games in the 90s, I was relatively aware of a few guys that were doing the steroids that I I knew beyond a reasonable doubt. And since then, I've learned from other people uh, things about certain players. When those guys started getting in the Hall of Fame, I changed my position. I evolved. I said, listen, you're telling me that Bonds can't get in and... Clemens can't get in because they did steroids, but people that we suspect did steroids like Jeff Bagwell or Pudge Rodriguez or Mike Piazza, those guys can get in. Like, what are we doing here? Like, the the, the whole selective enforcement thing rubbed me the wrong way. So my position, I did monologues in this back when this was a big hot button issue back in the early 2000s. I was like, none of these guys are ever going to get in. But since you started letting them in, open the floodgates. Let them all in. Let's get it's make it like Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus and just uh, make it the big top back in the day and the, the, bring in the elephants and bring in the donkeys and the clown car and you're a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of Famer. Everybody is a Hall of Famer.
Man. All right. Uh, that is it. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Hopefully you are enjoying or have enjoyed, depending on when you're listening to this, the AFC and NFC championship games. And if you listen to this after those games are over, you already know who's in the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about all that on the radio show tonight or tomorrow, depending on how you look at it. 11 p.m. 11 p.m. in the West on Sunday night, and that is very early 2 a.m in the east 2 a.m in the east on monday uh, we'll catch you and thank you kevin by the way good job this weekend appreciate it thank you ben i uh, had a good time and uh, anytime you know you want to replace gag on just let me know well can you come here next week and the week after and the week after that yeah yeah let's do sure. it yeah. right. and and if you want to are you on twitter can people find you on twitter if they want to say hello and, and either praise you or rip you <laughs> yeah yeah do either or uh, i am on twitter at kv as in victor o'connell o-c-o-n-n-e-l-l it's kv o'connell on twitter not too active but you know i gotta be there for work so yeah and if out. you need if you're in la and you need your air conditioning yes. fixed o'connell the cooling guy and heating there you go check it out all right all right thank you kevin all right thanks ben at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.